And I called him at work because I was working on his plan to just to talk through this. And when I shared it with them, and Paul's a pretty boisterous, talkative guy and enjoyable to talk to, but the phone got really quiet. <laughs> and it stayed quiet. And, and then I heard him. He's a $40,000 gap, you know, something to, to that extent. And, um, you know, if, you're, if there's a $40,000 gap, that's a big number, obviously, and, and certainly a completely different financial plan. Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Krosky, President and Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you all throughout Northeast Ohio and Southwest Florida and the greater Pittsburgh area. You can find us online by going to truewealthdesign.com for past episodes and lots of great information and to sign up for a Are We Right For You 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the team. Kevin, great to be with you once again. Are you all set for the end of the year? Well, Walt, uh, we are in Florida, so we're set and settled back in Florida. We made the migration. It, it, it doesn't even feel like the holidays if you're in Florida, does it? <laughs> we, <laughs> we have our Christmas tree up, and um, <laughs> we're actually recording this on December 1st, and uh, our little elves showed up uh, for the month. So uh, we have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old, and um, <laughs> they really look forward to it. we got the little advent calendar and um, we have a gentleman, Aaron, in our office, and his wife is um, a psychologist. So interestingly, I asked, hey, hey Aaron, and he also has an eight-year-old. I said, did the, uh, did the elf show up in your household today? And I was curious because I knew there might be some sort of psychological reason why yes. to or not to do it. And, and sure enough, um, the no elf showed up in their household. Uh, the thought process is the kids should be well behaved every day. So, uh, so I thought that was cute and funny. I didn't share it with my wife. We're, we're all about using toys and bribes to control our child behavior. Yes. Well, <laughs> Santa's keeping an eye on the kids year round, whereas the elves are they're really just popping in for a month. So I, I like her well, strategy there. Well, you may not be aware of this, but the elves actually go back to the North Pole every night and report to Santa and tell oh, them how the kids okay. were that day. Gotcha. I didn't have the elves growing up. We weren't uh, we, we we weren't an elf family, I guess, or or maybe it just came after after my time. I don't know. Do you guys go all out and do like the different scenes, or do do, do your elves get very mischievous and create yes. different scenes and things like yeah. that? Yep, they were cooking this morning. Uh, they were frying up uh, some <laughs> sour patch kids and um, oh wow, candy canes. So like just breakfast of champions, as you would expect from an elf. Fantastic. Yes. Well, uh, the end of the year sort of inspires our conversation on the show today. We'll be talking about kind of some fourth quarter business matters, some taxes going to be thrown in there as well. And we welcome back to the program a special guest today. So we're going to have Tyler Emmerich on the program today, certified financial planner, uh, key member of the True Wealth Design team. And you may remember Tyler, if you're a longtime listener to the program, he joined us back on episode 68. And I encourage everybody to go check that one out. We got to learn a little bit about Tyler's journey as a financial planner on that episode and explored some really cool things. So definitely go back and check that out again, episode 68, if you want to hear Tyler's first appearance on the show. Tyler, welcome back to you. Glad you're with us today. 
Oh, happy to be here, Walt. Appreciate it. Are are the elves at your house too, Tyler? We shouldn't <laughs> disclude you from this conversation. Yes, um, I am new to the elves. I have a toddler and a, and a newborn. And uh, my wife actually uh, called me this morning and said, hey, we have to do this elf on the shelf idea. I think it'll be great. Um, I tried to order it on Amazon and we can't get anything for another 15 days. So (laughs) (laughs) I am going to need you to stop by the store on the way home and pick one of these up. So we'll see. This is our first uh, adventure into it. Uh, And uh, I might need to get some tips from Kevin (laughs) to see what we need to do here. But we we are going to give it a shot. Fantastic. His sound like pros already with uh, pan frying um, Sour Patch Kids and things like that. So they're already up to lots of mischief. I'm sure they'll be willing to share some of that with you as well. Uh, well, Kevin, I'll let you take it away from here. I know that this is um, you know, kind of important and something that's near and dear to your heart because what we're going to talk about today is not something that every financial advisor or advisory practice gets into themselves, let alone talks about it with clients and kind of openly like we're going to be doing on today's show. But I know that uh, a lot of the material that you have on tap today is something that's really important to you and the team at True Wealth Design. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it's really the basis, I think, for pretty much all the work uh, that we do as financial professionals. Um, and I'll call it cash flow. Um, you know, you think about you know what you live on, what you spend. And we've done different episodes on retiree spending, talking about how that changes over time and how that should really be fit into you know, your financial life plan. There's all kinds of examples where this may apply. Uh, you know, if you're just an individual, if you're a business owner, I mean, all these things are, it's kind of the, it's the heart and soul, I think, of a family's or a business's um, financial management. You know, what do you have coming in? What do you have going out? If you think about just the retirement planning process or our retire smarter solution in general, um, it's really after you, you know, are looking big picture, understanding, you know, the person that you're working with and, and really who they are, what's important to them and what are some of the goals that they want to achieve. It really starts, you know, measuring what their lifestyle costs to go ahead and maintain on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Measuring that lifestyle is a really good starting point uh, when you're working with somebody that's new. And then maybe there's some goals that are added on top of it now that there's more time and maybe more resources that they have going into retirement. And measuring your cash flow and, and your lifestyle and what it's costing is incredibly important when you're in retirement too to make sure that the assumptions and the spending goals that you're putting into your financial plan up front um, are actually um, reflective of your lifestyle. And that's true to form what you're pulling out and what you're spending on a fairly consistent basis. You know, it's not like we have so much precision in this that you're going to spend exactly to the dollar every year. You know, there's going to be some years where you may be a little bit over, a little bit under. But if you're consistently over, um, well, that's a completely different financial plan. And unless you have, you know, a very well-funded plan with a lot of safety margin, a lot more in assets or resources relative to your spending, um, if you don't have that, then it could be a very, very, uh, it could be a financial plan that doesn't work and uh, could be a, a, you know, a way to go broke slowly over time. So, you know, I would think about what we're going to talk about today in those two camps. 
on the pre-retirement side and uh, then also uh, really once you are in retirement kind of managing that tax smart retirement distribution plan so what i thought today was we would just dig into that a little bit more um you know tyler and i have been working together nearly for four years now um you know he came from a place that really didn't get into this kind of work and i think he can provide some perspective on it maybe a little bit fresher than than what i have being that i've been doing it a lot longer um but then we can just kind of talk through you know both of those sides and, and just try to make it come to life and and why it's really important so that's why i have tyler on today and uh we'll hear what he has to say as well absolutely i, I don't think i could agree anymore kevin i mean as i think about just financial planning in general there's a multitude of topics that you know kind of included in there and the families that we meet with uh, their, their time is valuable and part of our job is to really take a look and say hey what topics are going to be applicable to their situation and have the most impact and provide them the most value and uh, I would agree with you I definitely think uh, cash flow planning you know what's coming in what's going out is e extremely important and just as I reflect on my prior experience, I think you alluded to it a little bit here. I mean, you know, the extent of the cash flow planning, I think some advisors, it's not nearly the focus, as much focus as what needs to be, uh, need to be there. I mean, I think, shoot, I think if you sent a survey out to the listeners and said, hey, when you first started working with your financial advisor, you know, did you fill out a questionnaire? And on that questionnaire, uh, did they ask you how much you're spending monthly? Most everybody would check, yep, yep. I did that. And then if we had a follow-up question, you know, alluding to the fact of how much time was spent or how much advisor-directed uh, conversation was around that number, I, I bet it would be pretty small. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, it completely. It's, uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, you know, I guess I'll be a little bit more explicit. When you think back to your work at, well... I mean, you were Fidelity for about 10 years and in nothing against Fidelity, it was a completely different business model as you talked about mm -hmm. in your prior episode. But I mean, if you're going to do a financial plan projection for somebody, you probably asked them what the numbers were. And then I presume you just ended up fitting that right into any sort of software projections without, you know, a further thought. Is that approximately right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it comes back to, to time um, and, you know, placing value on certain conversations. And, you know, even if it was something that uh, I wanted to check and verify, we just really didn't have the time uh, to set aside to dive into the details. I mean, it was more of a number that was given. And, you know, as I look back on it, I mean, that's a very important number. I think you'll get into, like you had mentioned, hey, how impactful can that number be on you know, as we start thinking about planning and the long runway that, you know, individuals are retired now for 20, 25, 30 years. And, you know, that spending number can have a drastic impact on the decisions uh, that they're going to make, especially in early retirement and not doing our due diligence as financial advisors to really spend some time talking about where that spending number comes from and having an understanding of what it comprises, I think is, uh, you know, a little bit of a disservice. And I think there's a lot of value to be had, which we'll talk a little bit more about. So here's, I guess, what I would say, um, you know, a lot of our, the clients that we work with, a lot of the people we work with um, haven't really had to worry about money for a while. You know, it's not to say that, you know, they're all like mega millionaires or something like that, but, you know, they've lived below their means and it was pretty consistent that, you know, they had more uh, money than month. And uh, over time, they worked up the pay scale and, um, you know, they made some more money, uh, they invested more, and maybe their spending increased somewhat, but but not 
not nearly as much as what their income increased. So it, it was this beautiful thing where they just, you know, if they had a budget or a spending plan or anything like that, or when maybe when they were early in their career, they just didn't have to do it anymore. And maybe they got away from it. Uh, so, and one, and that's completely fine. Um, absolutely, you know, fine to do something like that. But when you're actually going ahead and trying to do that retirement planning, you need to figure out well, how much does it really cost to live the lifestyle we become accustomed to, not even factoring in anything, any increases to it that we may want to do in retirement. You have to kind of roll up your sleeves and and start measuring it. Maybe we can share a couple stories here. I'm thinking of somebody that I know listens to the podcast regularly. And um, I, man, it was probably 2012 or 13 that I was uh, working on his case and I was going through and, you know, we asked him, you know, how much are you spending? And, and Paul said, well, here's what I'm spending. And then I, you know, I looked at their tax return and, you know, how much they had withheld through their pay and, and what have you. And then said, well, this is the cash that you had coming in. You're telling me you spent, you know, th that number, there's about a $40,000 gap here. <laughs> and I called him at work because I was working on his plan to just to talk through this. And when I shared it with them, and Paul's a pretty boisterous, talkative guy, um, and enjoyable to talk to, but the phone got really quiet. <laughs> and then it stayed quiet. And, and then I heard him, he's a $40,000 gap, you know, something to, to that extent. And, um, you know, so we, we talked about it. There, there's truly some one-time expenses that happen. Um, but, you know, if, you're, if there's a $40,000 gap, that's a big number, obviously, and, and certainly a completely different financial plan. But, you know, I can think of some others. Well, let me put it in this context, too. You know, if it's, say, if you're off by $10,000 per year in, in terms of spending, well, if you kind of think about that old kind of 4% safe withdrawal rate rule, we've talked about that in prior episodes, you know, some, some good, some bad about it. Um, but if it's just $10,000 per year, if you take that 10,000 and divide it uh, by the 4%, um, in effect that you're gonna find that you're gonna need about an extra $250,000 to go ahead and meet that increased spending of $10,000 per year, you know, and do it consistently throughout your retirement lifetime. So for some people that, you know, maybe they have, you know, several hundred thousand dollars safety margin in their financial plan, if they're off by 10 grand in their spending, you know, probably not a big deal. Um, I would still say it matters. It does impact some tax planning and other work that we would want to do and try to make the most out of what they have. But for a lot of people just say, hey, <laughs> you, know, you got to come up with an extra $250,000 is, is, it can't really, it's just not pragmatic. Um, so it's really, really important on that front end to go ahead and, and get a clear sense of this. Tyler, when you think back like over the last few years, now that you've been doing this, any stories come to mind when you've kind of gone through this with somebody that's still working and, you know, you're just starting to work with them and take them through the process? Absolutely. Especially if, if we maybe take the case study of someone still still working and just recently and, you know, kind of high level as I'm talking through this to think about it, I think just in general, when families come and talk to us, I think it can be very hard to wrap their arms around spending. Um, you know, they have this, you know, goal of retirement or whatever it might be, and you know, understanding how much they can truly spend early in retirement without it impacting or jeopardizing them, you know, running out of money. I think that can be very empowering to kind of walk through and, and you know have a good understanding of that, and you know, really. To answer that question, it all starts with having a good understanding of what's going in and what's coming out right now. But probably my most recent example would be um, 
a lady who I started working with about six months ago, and she was a few years out from retirement. And um, as with most of families, when they start working with us, we go through a, a preliminary stage where we get to know each other and you know, set proper expectations on you know, what their concerns are and what are going to be the major topics and uh, things that we're going to discuss and try to accomplish uh, if they hire us and you know, continue to work with us. And you know, when we went through that exercise with her, um, it was very much a uh, hey, I, I want to know if I can retire. I, I, I want to know if I'm on track and am I doing the things that I need to within the next few years to go ahead and pull the trigger and, and, and retire, and which is a, a common concern, I think, to a lot of individuals that come in to meet with us, especially for the first time or, or why they might uh, you know, start working or seeking out a financial planner. She decided to hire us and you know, very early on in our planning most of the time it's our first planning meeting um, we're going through and spending is a big topic uh, that, that we spend some time on. Um, and really it's to confirm and verify some of those numbers that were initially given to us around how much is coming in and, and how much is going out. And, and very similar to Kevin, what you alluded to earlier. Well, you know, we have various ways that we can kind of back into numbers to verify um, how much is uh, going out. And you know, one of the ways that we do that is taking a look at prior year tax return and you know, kind of back out what they have for taxes, what they have going out for some of their spending that's going to change throughout retirement. You know, probably the best example there would be like a mortgage that might fall off or get paid off early in retirement. But one of those line items that we talk about is actual saving. Um, because of course, once you're retired, a lot of times you switch to saving mode from saving mode to, to spending mode. And one of the saving items that she had brought up to me was you know, a little bit per month going away for her uh, daughter's education. And when we got onto that topic, I could just tell from our conversation that you know something wasn't right, and it was kind of a sore subject to her. So we really spent some time, you know, digging into that a bit more, and you know, come to find out that you know it was really a big pain point for her because she didn't feel that she could afford to help her daughter um, because she needed to save her money for retirement. In actuality, the school that her daughter wanted to go to that was a little bit out of her budget, a few generations of women in the family had actually gone to that school. So it was very important for both her and her daughter for her daughter to have that as an opportunity. And, you know, as we got to discussing it more and more, I could see that, yes, retirement's extremely important, but, you know, this is another goal that she has that's, you know, pretty high up there on the priority list. And, you know, as we start going through that planning process and we got a better idea of what she could afford, I mean, the story does have a happy ending. I mean, you know, it come to find out that her daughter could actually afford to go to that school and didn't have to go to another one. And, you know, I think about a decision like that, you know, going back to it's hard to wrap your arms around, you know, can I afford this big expense early in retirement without you know, jeopardizing the long term. And, uh, you know, for her and her case, it was something they could do. And, you know, it's just happy to that we took the time to understand that that was important to her because that's going to shape her daughter um, and, you know, the education that she's going to get and the people that she's going to meet. And I think it's nice that she was able to do that. It, you know, I look back to my prior experience, I, I wouldn't have taken the time to go through spending and, and what's going in and out in that much detail to probably have that type of conversation to understand her and her wants and needs that much. And I don't even know if, since she didn't think it was possible, she didn't really express it to me until we had the conversation. 
foundation. So that's probably my most recent one, but I just think it shows the power of you know, taking the time to be able to go through and do it. Yeah. You know, that one, that's a great story in terms of the how. Um, so, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking like, Hey, they're still working and you know, maybe I haven't done this yet and okay, I get it that I need to do it. I need to, haven't had to worry about money. I need to go ahead and measure my lifestyle and how much it costs. You know, there's a few different ways uh, I would say to do it. You can kind of do it the old school way, you know, pull out the checkbook, um, and not just the checkbook, but you know, just go through all the bank statements, you know, things like that. And, and just literally just track your spending. It's pretty laborious. Not many people are going to do that. Um, you could use a technology solution, uh, like mint.com, or there's some others that are out there that will automate your spending tracking, but you still have to classify it and, and kind of clean up the data. Um, you know, I, I personally use that and, and have with, uh, with some clients where this was an important thing to do. And the thing that we, we always do as well is, um, yeah, just the tax return, you know, if uh, we can kind of triangulate and and just use that information to see, you know, hey, here's how much cash came in from work. You know, there could have been some other sources too. maybe somebody sold a piece of property or, you know, had an inheritance or what have you. But but most people, their cash inflows are from work. Um, and, and then you can kind of back out all those expenses like you're that you mentioned, whether it's for saving or whether it's for taxes or what have you and, and get a good idea there. And some of that takes time. You know, but you can start like day one with, I would call it, well, Walt, let me ask you, buddy, uh, you, you have a mortgage on your house. Have you ever gone through a pre-approval process? We certainly have. Yes. So, you know, if you don't have all this, all this cash flow work, spending, you know, measure your lifestyle, uh, critically important, also very time consuming. And also that's one of the reasons why it, most people don't do it, um, even if they do have the capability to do it. But we often will just get a pre-approval number and say, okay, hey, we, we need to, we've, we've done some of this triangulating. We looked at your tax return and, you know, we can kind of get a guesstimate uh, of how much it's costing to run your lifestyle. You know, we'll get some feedback from the client, go through some conversations, but we can also do almost like a retirement pre-approval number too. Like here's how much based on your resources um, and, you know, kind of do some basic sort of retirement spending patterning, if you will. You know, some expenses are going to fall off over time as you slow down, get through the go-go slow go and into the no go years, healthcare is going to keep increasing all that sort of stuff, uh, which we've talked about in, in detail in prior episodes. Um, but then we can come up with like a reasonable spending figure, you know, setting aside money for healthcare, setting aside for say travel for vehicle purchases. And then what we would call more core expenses that are going to be around as long as you are. So we, we can do that pre-approval number and then we can do some of that triangulation and all the while, and in a preferred manner, we would just want to go ahead and probably have a couple years of good data to go ahead and measure that and make sure everything is matching up and make sure that we do have the time to do that cash flow work and truly get a good representation of what somebody's lifestyle is costing them to run. You know, if somebody has so much money in such a, a really well-funded retirement plan, again, you have much more of a margin of error, but that sort of cash flow work still is going to impact some of the tax planning work that we're going to need to do too. So it's, it's not, it's important in a different way rather than, Hey, am I going to have enough money? And, and answering that question, which is what we've really been talking about, having that good input into what it costs to run our lifestyle. You know, if your plan is done really, really well, um, we still need to know those figures because from a tax planning standpoint, it's important, but then also as Tyler just related in his story, 
you know, a lot of times people, uh, they're not really thinking about some other things that they could do, you know, in the case of whether it's going to that, you know, that special school or maybe buying a second home or helping out their kids or their grandkids now versus, you know, leaving a bunch of money onto them later. I mean, all these things, it, I, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's still very important for all those reasons and to bring it all together is, and show that clarity and, and walk somebody through it and give them the confidence to do these things is incredibly impactful. So that's all on kind of the pre-retiree side, I guess. And I'll at least comment on briefly, but, you know, we're kind of in the, in the throes of our fourth quarter work here, actually kind of wrapping, wrapping it up. Um, but we're going through, uh, so now for predominantly for our retired clients, we're doing their fourth quarter. We call it their tax and investment review, or I like to call it their tax smart distribution planning. Um, and I just reviewed a, a case earlier today and, um, it's one of those things where you know the client has you know seven figures invested um you know by many counts you look at them and they, you know they've done you know quite well um they've been retired for a number of years now uh, but we've also noticed that they've been overspending compared to what we've had in plan for the last you know several years and while we've had some very fortunate investment results and their plan looks okay it, it's definitely not sustainable um and and it's our job one to measure that to notice like, hey, are there any gaps there? Like, here's what we're you know, projecting that you're gonna be spending. Here's what you're actually spending. And okay, what happened? Let's talk about it. Not that we're making a judgment, but we just need to understand. And if we need to change the financial plan to make it reflective of you know, kind of a new reality, then we need to do that. Um, but there's been, in their case, I think it, it, you know there's been some health issues and, and really just helping um, uh, one of their children. Uh, but it's really important for us to know that because if that is you know if that and it's it's about ten thousand dollars a year on average that we're seeing again that's a completely different financial plan and one that's not sustainable. So if we weren't giving them that feedback, you know as they're kind of veering off course a little bit, it's it's a lot easier to make a small course correction rather than make a big drastic one later down the road. Uh, you know if you're driving down the road blind. Um, um, so that, that's maybe one recent example. Um, some others, it could be more tax focused. So I can think of a number of people this year, you know, with all the different stimulus uh, checks and, you know, uh, CARES Act and American Rescue Plan and all this. Um, I mean, there's a lot of planning that we've done over the last year uh, just to go ahead and help you know, get these credits if it made sense. Um, for many clients, we had basically had an income target, um, call it $180,000, where um, they would go ahead and, and realize some income, generally, you know, use, whether it's pension, social security, um, maybe some IRA distributions, and then to meet all their lifestyle goals. And then if they still had some excess there, we would go ahead and convert some dollars from their IRA to their Roth up to that income target. Uh, and that $180,000 uh, I mentioned for a married couple, um, you know, if they're over 65, they're not getting any Medicare income related adjustments. They're paying tax at a 22% rate, which is, uh, you know, cheaper than what they were paying a few years ago and what they're likely to pay, you know, in the future. Um, so it's, it was just good, smart planning, but that American rescue plan that came out, I think it was, I don't know, February or March, if your income was over 150,000, then, uh, you quickly, you know, uh, benefit of $1,400 per person was phased out. So, um, you know, there's, if you think about 180 was our original target, we bumped some people down to 150. So a $30,000 difference. And if they do that, then they're able to go ahead and claim an additional 
$1,400 per person or 2,800 in total on their tax return come 2022 when they file. So if I convert that into kind of the way that we think about it anyway, you know, we're big believers in doing the math, but I mentioned, you know, in that case, they're in a 22% tax bracket. If we took them up to 180,000, basically it pushes them up uh, over 31% because going from 150 to 180, 30,000 of income, um, and they pay tax at a 22% rate, and they lose the $2,800 tax credit. So when you factor in both of those, their effective tax rate on the additional 30,000 of income is literally like a little bit north of 31%. So we didn't like that. So we made a course correction mid-year after this plan was announced, and we, we trued it up in the fourth quarter and did a little lower conversion. Um, and now we got a new plan next year. So it's really important on the front end. It's really important on the back end. You got to integrate this stuff with the tax planning as well. But cash flow, it's it's boring. Don't say budget. Budget's like a four-letter <laughs> word. We have a rule of true wealth. Never say budget in a client meeting unless they say it first. Um, but you know, it, it's their money. It's our job to make sure that we just help them make the most out of it and make sure that they, you know, that they can keep doing the things that they want to do as best they can. Walter, I know I'm a newbie here, but um, I am. I was expecting my first egghead alert there. I don't know uh, how he got through all that without, uh, you know, a little bit of an alert here. <laughs> he, he, he was he was able to uh, save it with the budget joke, but we can play it just since you're on the show. Uh, here, here. That, that's not a difficult thing to do. We can hit the button. And, uh, hey, oh, oh, there it is. Alert! Uh, <laughs> if he didn't earn it, I get it. I I, I know. I, I'll defer to your expertise there, but I, I think there's a lot of important things that, you know, Kevin talked about there. And I know there were not a lot of numbers there, but, you know, as I think about probably one of the major questions that, you know, as families come in to meet with us, it's like, well, I'm, I'm in retirement. Where am I going to get a paycheck from? How am I going to, you know, live? You know, I have all these different accounts. How do I, you know, come up with some type of game plan that's not only going to be tax efficient, but, you know, kind of meet my needs on a month in and month out basis. And, you know, let's be real. Not everybody, you know, spends money the same way and you know sometimes there's big expenses to come out uh, throughout the year so how do we how do we build that and build a plan that kind of fits and work and do it in a way that's simplistic and and, and works for each each of that different households that we in, that we're in and you know I think is you know if anybody's working with a financial planner as you're kind of doing some of that next year planning on and spending well the you know building in these income targets and some buffers and hey where's going to be the first place we're going to get money from maybe that's a you know monthly distribution from your IRA account okay for big expenses that we have coming up for say travel or whatever hey I know I can just, you know, email my advisor and, you know, get a distribution from my IRA to cover this expense. So that's where that's coming from. And then, oh, wait, at the end of the year, if we've underspent or we have more room to take additional income because it makes sense from a tax standpoint. Well, hey, what's that number look like and how do we want to do it? I mean, I think it's uh, such an impactful thing that we do on a day in and day out basis that I think some advisors, again, don't have the time to do or or might uh, set up a game plan at the beginning and it's the same one year after year and, and there's no um, you know, flexibility built in there. Yeah, no, Tyler, awesome point. The one other thing I'll add on to that that just made me um, think of this, but you know, for 
for our higher income clients with a lot of money, say um, in a joint account or trust account, you know, non-retirement account, we'll set up, you know, these, you know, we're projecting cash flow, not only kind of measuring what happened this year, but also looking forward to next year. And, you know, we look and say, okay, here's what it's going to cost to run your lifestyle. Here's, you know, the goals that you have next year. And then here's our income target. So if our income target is maybe a little bit higher, you know, then we basically come up with a budget where we can real, we want to realize additional income and it could be in the form of, you know, Roth conversions. Um, it could also be in the form of realizing capital gains, you know, investment markets have done quite well this year in the last several years. And, um, you know, so clients, you know, they may be getting out of balance and we may ideally need to sell something to go ahead and, and bring their portfolio back in line. And there's an old saying when it comes to uh, investment planning and don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. Mm -hmm. um, but what we'll do is we'll set up these budgets in the fourth quarter for next year. And then literally when we go through our trading workflow to go ahead and manage a client's portfolio and their retirement distribution plan throughout the year, um, we're looking at that. You know, if we, if we need to make a sell, we'll look at our capital gains budget. And if we fully use that capital gains budget or that, that income budget, I should say, um, then, you know, we'll, we'll take a look and, and rework the client's plan mid year. Like, Hey, do we, do we want to go ahead and maybe go a little bit further? Is the investment benefit likely to be better and exceed any sort of tax costs going over our income target? So I know we're kind of getting in the weeds a little bit, uh, here, and this is into some of the sausage making, but it doesn't matter if, you know, you have a few hundred thousand dollars and you're just trying to make sure that you stay on track and don't overspend, um, and don't underspend for that matter. Um, or, you know, you have a few million dollars and you're not really worried about necessarily having enough, but just really making sure that you're being smart with your money, integrating it and aligning it to what you want to do, but then also, you know, paying your fair share in tax, but, but not leaving a tip necessarily. So there's a lot that goes into it, um, way more than I would have ever imagined before I started down this path. But, um, hopefully, you know, talking through it at least sheds a little bit of light about, you know, some of the things that, um, that should be being done by somebody, whether it's yourself and, and even for the most sophisticated DIYer, I think you got to be a little bit humble here when you come to this stuff or, you know, your advisor or the things that we do for our clients. I love the perspective that you guys bring each week. Well, you, Kevin, each week and now Tyler joining us uh, <laughs> on the show for his second appearance. And I would just like to say you must feel really comfortable, Tyler. And I'm glad that we have fostered that environment here on the show for you to call for the egghead alert in uh, <laughs> appearance number two. You must be very comfortable. Right. So that's I didn't know if it was going to be too quick, but uh, <laughs> hey, I figured I'd throw it out there. Uh, we, we can throw it out as much as you want. So here we go. <laughs> uh, if you have questions about something you've heard on today's show or a previous episode of Retire Smarter and you want to talk with Kevin, Tyler, or a member of the True Wealth team, very easy to make that happen. You can give a call if you'd like that way, 855-TWD-PLAN. 855-893-7526, or you can find us online at truewealthdesign.com and look for the Are We Right For You button, and you can schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team that way. And we'll put a link to that in the description or the show notes section of today's program as well. Again, you can also just go to truewealthdesign.com to sign up for that visit, ask some initial questions, and see if uh, it might be worth talking a little bit further about your situation and uh, what you're interested in going forward in regards to your financial plan. Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us on the program today. Good luck uh, with the Elf on the Shelf over the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll be having you on more episodes soon. 
Thank you. Happy to be on. Kevin, as always, thank you for sharing uh, what's going on in your household. Those elves sound like they'll be up to no good over the next couple of weeks. And I uh, hope you have some fun with that. Your, your kids are hitting that perfect age now where I'm sure you're getting really good payoff for all the effort you're putting into the uh, into the elves. Yeah, well, and I owe uh, literally all the credit to my wife. She's <laughs> she's a great mom, and um, she does a lot for the girls, and, uh, and and she deserves all the credit, quite frankly. Fun to use the creativity in, uh, in that way. Very neat. All right, well, uh, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to everybody next time right back here on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.